I want to start this episode a little differently. So today, September 9th, when this episode is coming out, would have been my mom's 53rd birthday. Uh, unfortunately, I lost my mom last year, and instead we're celebrating her second heavenly birthday today. So I wanted to start the show a little differently by letting her introduce it. Happy birthday, Mom. I love you. Watch, watch. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Laura. Go Jackets. What is up, everyone? And welcome to the Rick Nash edition, the Rick Nash episode of Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, before we get started, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here. And the excitement continues with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Bet just $1 on any football game this weekend and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. So, Laura, Browns, Chiefs, who you got? Browns. Listen, they're a six-point underdog, but I like it. I love the energy. The Browns are going to take that one, and Laura is going to make $200. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet at least $1 on any football game. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Laura, you're in the dog pound. You're just really trying to get our Browns fans excited for this week's game. I can feel it. Well, in my defense, my two childhood best friends um, are big, and their husbands are big Browns fans. So, for them. You got to appease them, right? And... Oh, I forget exactly what I was going to say. My, it's one of those moments. I'm having one of those moments. I'm having one of those moments. You know what I'm talking about? Um, so welcome in, everybody, to this episode of Subjectively Speaking. Um, we've got a fun one for you today, a little bit of a preview of the prospects in the Blue Jacket system. Um, we're going to be using Corey Promen's uh, article on The Athletic where he ranked the Blue Jackets prospects pool 13th in the league. That's 1-3. Laura, does that number mean anything to you, 13? Does it mean anything? Is it too soon? You're just... That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is an improvement from 19. Um, so shout out to our Liam Foodie fans. Um, and this is an interesting ranking of the prospects because I think a lot of times like when we think about prospects, we think of all the players that we have over in Russia. We think of some of the guys that we talked to Dina about um, playing in Cleveland. And what Corey Promen does is he actually ranks any player that's under 23 uh, as a prospect in the organization. So that includes players, you know, like Adam Boquist, like Alexander Texier. And so they're in this one, and we're going to talk a little bit about them today. A very interesting ranking from Corey Promen. What were your initial thoughts, Laura? Um, well, this is my first time ever reading a list like this about prospects. So I was very overall, very interesting. 
Um, I did think that his like order of things was intriguing. Um, but I mean, obviously he does this for a living, so he 99% knows more about this than I do, but, um, just based on like what other people have said, other conversations we've had, some of his rankings were definitely different in my opinion. Um, Sure. And some of the categories that he placed um, certain players in um, are different, in my opinion. Um, but that's what we're going to talk about today and see how our predictions or our thoughts and feelings measure up to Corey's. Isn't that the crazy thing about having a sports podcast? You get to say your sports opinion and, and the people who are listening just have to just have to listen. Like, they could be pissed all they want, but our opinions are what they are and... People literally tune in to listen to them, whether or not we make any sense ever. And so this is one of those episodes. Correct. And to be able to dive into one of these episodes appropriately, of course, we're having some adult beverages. So Laura, what are you what are you rocking with tonight? Um, I'm drinking a Southern Comfort and Diet Coke, because she's a basic bitch. <laughs> Is that what you're drinking too? Could it be that we're drinking the same thing? But Could my be- glass says fucking hooray on it. So. Well, cheers, girl. Amazing. She's good stuff. You know, it is okay. <laughs> I'm not a huge whiskey person, so this you're this not. bottle. I am. This I- bottle here is literally just for you. Like I don't ever plan on using it other than tonight and so when you come down here come get you a taste of new orleans girl i love it well speaking of things that we love hockey and so kind of like giving an overview of the way that Corey promen talks about these prospects so he he ranks each of their um you know tangibles so like their skating their puck skills their hockey sense their compete level uh, on a scale of basically like below average to high end uh, is essentially what I saw um, across the board for for all of these teams that he did this rating for. And he uh, separated the players into tiers. Um, the lowest tier being like, this player could see some some playing time, like this player could make it to the NHL, like but there's not really any any solid bets that that I would take in them getting there. Um, and then you have your folks who are projected to play NHL games. So those, these are your guys who are, are going to be in the lineup periodically. They're not going to be your all-stars. They might have a couple of productive seasons, but they're not going to be your perennial, you know, top line forwards. You've got your projected middle lineup guys. So your guys, if you're talking forwards who are playing in your middle six, your guys who if you're talking defense are playing, you know, second pair minutes, some third pair minutes, uh, maybe getting some time on the power play, penalty kill. Your projected um, middle of the lineup players slash like bubble top of the line players. Um, the Blue Jackets have a couple there, so a couple of projected first liners and top of the lineup players, uh, and then NHL All Stars and elite NHL players. So uh, we'll start at the bottom of the barrel. Um, so uh, again, like my absolute apologies to anybody who's listening to this who has a real affinity for Columbus Blue Jackets prospects who are going to write me a strongly written letter that's like, Jeremy, you don't know how to pronounce any of these names. But we're going to try. 
We are going to try. And we're going to ask Yarma to start drafting some fucking Canadians because <laughs> their names I get. I got that. Um, so we'll start in this bottom tier. There were five players that Corey Promen had. Um, Samuel Nazco, James Malatesta, Daniil Tarasov, Tyler Engel, and Malachi Makarov. Would you say that's right? Yeah, Makarov. All of my Russian friends let me know in the in the comments on this week's episode. But anything jump out to you in those bottom five, Laura? Well, actually, I think it's Nikolai. What did I say, Nicholas? No, you said Malachi. Oh, my God. It says Nikolai <laughs> on here. It's a Southern Comfort. It's a Southern Comfort look. It definitely says Nikolai. Oh, that's I had not right. to, like, look at my notes and at my phone. I was like, did I freaking spell his name wrong but can we agree that malachi makarov is a great name yes but i also like nikolai makarov that's because you're a new blue jacket soul and you're not traumatized by nikolai zherdev yet or never were traumatized by nikolai zherdev we'll talk about it another time if you want to but yes but back back to these five these five players um i'm gonna say that to i mean Obviously, some of them I wasn't very familiar with, um, but two of them I thought were ranked lower than uh, they should be, at least in my opinion, from what I know of, you know, these two players. And those were um, Daniil Tarasov and Tyler Angle. Tyler Angle had a really great season with the Monsters, um, played really well, um, had quite a few points um and really made sort of like a name for himself in Cleveland and I think he's really working hard towards getting those NHL minutes and I'm not saying he's going to be on the full-time roster but I would have definitely ranked him higher up than just the potential to play um that makes at least in Blue Jackets land that makes me feel like he'll play if someone important gets injured (laughs) Um, and that didn't seem fair for all of the effort that he put in in Cleveland this past year. Now, granted, we still have to go through camp um, and see what that all looks like. But and then, of course, the other person is someone we've already talked about on the show multiple times. And that's, you know, goalie prospect Tarasov. Um, yeah, I think that they're going to try they're going to try him in some NHL games. Um, I think he needs Again, he won't be like a full-time rotation. We already we're as of right now, as of September 8th, 2021, we are rolling with Elvis and Corpy um into the season. But I do think that they're gonna try and get Tarasov some some minutes and see what he can do um on the NHL level because we're not gonna be keeping Elvis and Corpy pass this season if we keep both of them through the whole year. So he's going to need some minutes. So I would have ranked him. And plus he's, he's talented. I mean, he is a talented young goalie. Um, He didn't play many games with the monsters, but um, you know, he has played really great minutes um, in all the other leagues that he's played in and he has a lot of potential. So I definitely would have ranked him higher. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you on Tarasov. I think Daniil has has potential to play in the NHL. And I think really, like you said, like I think that we could see that as soon as the season 
Um, you know, obviously uh, the Blue Jackets lack some organizational depth at goalie in in terms of like players that could step in should an Elvis or should uh, Corpy get hurt during the season. And that's to me where you see like somebody like uh, Daniel Tarasov step in and maybe get some minutes, um, you know, kind of like in a way that the Blue Jackets used uh, Matisse Kivlinix, like I, I just, I, I see that kind of being his role in this season. And, and I would be surprised if he didn't play games. So um, that one I thought was a little bit, a little bit tough. I think, I think the other two players like on this list that are worth no disrespect to my good pal, Nikolai Malachi, whoever. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um I think Samuel Nasco and James Malatesta are also two players that are really interesting. Like I think Samuel Nasco, especially like, I think, I think that he's probably the player out of these five that could see the most regular NHL ice time. Um, that's my bold projection out of these five and James Malatesta. Like, I'm just going to own this. I always end up accidentally drafting him in NHL 21 and he usually ends up working out okay. So, like, there's a part of me, right, that is, like, holding on for dear life that maybe James Malatesta is, like, pretty good. I mean, that that's a fair boat of confidence is that you accidentally draft someone while playing NHL 21. Sorry, but... <laughs> it's the comfort, baby. <laughs> it is. The comfort's coming for me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think, I think that's a valid uh, boat of confidence for him. Now, there are players in this next category that I think we're going to have more votes of confidence for between you and not, you and I versus like what um, versus what Corey Proman had. And, and I'm also going to like before we get too deep into this, going to own the fact that like obviously like we are very much more biased. <laughs> like we watch these games, right? And, like we see the way they play and and we're watching all 82 games, right? And a lot of these players are already NHLers, and and know, we're we're more familiar with backstory, injury history, yeah. all that. How we feel that they're gonna play for, you know, this new coaching system. How they've right. played for the previous, like, so yeah. So we are a little bit more biased, but I also think we're just a wee bit more familiar. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, but speaking of familiar, let me talk to you about something I'm not familiar with. Mm. Who is Guillaume Rashad? <laughs> who is I, that? I literally don't know who that is. And like I, I try had to, a I... similar question because we, although I may have been crying when this happened, because we were definitely watching the draft together, but he was drafted 101, which was more than likely right around hour two of me crying over cam being traded yeah it would have so, been maybe that's it maybe that is the issue like maybe we simply <laughs> because he was drafted 101st um in this past draft in 2021 um but yeah i was reading today's this article and had to go back over it a couple of times over his thing because I literally could not remember us picking him. No, like me either. And like that name, like just like first time for everything. 
And when yeah. I was going through this article, it was the first time that I read his name. <laughs> yeah. But, and I don't even remember talking about him when we did like our draft recap. No, we, I, I know we didn't. Like I, I could, I would put money on the fact that we did not. And again, that doesn't mean anything. Like that doesn't mean that like he couldn't end up being an NHLer, but like, when you put him above a player like Daniil Tarasov, I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. Are you positive? Um, but then I think you get into some guys, right, that like, to me, there are a couple guys who belong in this category that Corey Promen, I think, is accurate with. Like, I think Emil Bemstrom is a projected, like, he, like, I just don't think he, this could be bold, but like, he's not a blue jacket. Like, I don't think that he is going to be a blue jacket for much longer. Like, I think he's going to be trade bait. Like I just, he hasn't fit in yet. I recognize and understand that like, we're going toward a new system. Like we're going to have a new system, but I just don't, he, where I can't like in my head, place him in the lineup and feel comfortable about it right now. Yeah. I mean, he definitely struggled this past season and was oftentimes a player that we would forget about when we were listing players. Um, and yeah, he's definitely like, even reading this, this write-up that Corey wrote about him, like he has the skills, but he's yet to find the rhythm within our system um, to, in order to enhance those skills. He played with a lot of hesitancy in the very basically for three quarters of this this past season like very hesitant to make plays very hesitant to you know try some bolder more aggressive moves and it wasn't until like the last quarter that he started to kind of loosen up he got a goal or two towards the end of the season um but yeah he just has really played everything very close to the vest and like you can tell that he's just not as comfortable and like you said that may very well change with um this new coaching staff this new system that the guys are going to be enveloped Mm -hmm. into but you know they've talked a lot about what he can bring and we just haven't seen that come to fruition yet on the ice in columbus or on the road um i like him i think he's a good natured guy but you know if you know, I kind of, I kind of agree with you that I don't know that he will be a Blue Jacket for much longer. How quickly we forget his hat trick game against the Red Wings? Like how quickly we're just like, all oh, right, yeah. all right, yeah. Like, and I like, I say everything that I say like with that still in mind of like, unless he does more of that, like I just don't see it. And and he can, like he's so dynamic offensively, he's so good, but he's not like. Like he has to, he has to make up for he's undersized. Like, and obviously like you, you can be undersized in the NHL and be successful, but like you have to like tooth and nail it. Like you can't like kind of trickle your way through. Yeah. But again, it's something like that, that game, if I'm remembering correctly, was the end of the season. And so, you know, we weren't necessarily holding on to like, stats or anything because we had all resigned ourselves to you know what is now the full-fledged rebuild right no without a doubt and I think 
I think you look at some of these other pieces, though, like Alexander Texier. This is somebody who's projected to play NHL games, and I think maybe that might be a little bit underselling of of his talents and like of what he can bring. I think I think he's got potential to be a middle of the lineup player. I think if he he isn't that for the Blue Jackets again, like I don't know why you hold on to him. Like I think you have a lot of these guys right that we've talked about who are bottom six players, and so for me, if Alexander Texier doesn't develop into a middle six player. Why hold on to him? But I think he can. Like I think he has every ability to be a middle six player. And and I don't know. I think this is a little bit of an undersell on him. I also feel somewhat similarly about Igor Chinakov, but I mean he's the KHL rookie of the year last year. Um, you know, all signs point to him being able to really compete for a spot on the Blue Jackets roster this season. And if not, he'll play meaningful minutes in Cleveland. So I think that might be a little bit of a underestimate on him too. Yeah, I agree, especially with Tex. Um, I think I'm I still haven't given up hope that we're gonna see the the things that they've always talked about with Tex. Um, I don't know that he'll rise to the level that we were initially anticipating, but I definitely think like you said, he can he can rise to that middle um that middle level. And I, I definitely think he's gonna play based on the moves that we've made in this off season and where, what we're looking at as far as center depth, which we still don't have like a ton. And again, I repeat because every single other person that makes a list of projected lines, Max Domi is not playing until December or January. Max Domi is injured. So stop putting Max Domi in your list of projected lines. Correct. Um, not to be that person, but he's not playing shoulder surgery. (laughs) I don't think he'll Uh, play another game with the blue jackets. Like that's my bold prediction, but I don't know about that. I'm not going to speak on, on that. I would love to see him continue to play as the blue jacket, but I also know that we are in a rebuild and depending on what we look like by December and January, when he is back to, healthy he is more than likely going to be trade bait um if we are not doing well so um but yeah so tex i mean he's definitely gonna play like we don't really have any options unless he tanks it at camp which i don't think he's gonna do he just played for the national team in france so like he's he's not gonna tank it at camp so he's definitely gonna play um and yeah igor chinikov like good things are being said about this kid. So I'm excited to see how he does at camp. I'm excited to see how he does at Traverse City um, and just see what he can bring. Like he's got a lot of energy. Um, He did extremely well in the KHL um, this past season. So I'm excited, but I'm also excited for, you know, we talked about this player with Dina when we did our, our Cleveland monsters episode, but Trey fix Wolanski, like, he was sidelined this past season with an injury, but you know I have a soft spot for a tiny guy who skates fast, um, and I'm looking for a replacement in my soul. Wearing not a full time, just one Wait, that wears, so, just one so, that wears the Union blue. Not so what I'm one. what I'm hearing is that you're already on the prowl. 
for a I will short never fully replace him in my heart for a short short man who plays hockey real good i will never fully replace him in my heart you heard it here first cam cam atkinson avid avid subjectively speaking listener but uh, um just like touching back on Alexander Texier though too, like he hasn't played a hundred games in the NHL, and that just blows my mind. Like, like he's well, because he's been with us for what feels like forever. Right, right. I mean, like, yeah, and, and just like through injury, through shortened seasons, like all that kind of stuff. Like, he just hasn't like gotten a chance to have a full season of health and a normal season. And so, I'm hopeful that like with that he can. But yeah, I'm I'm with you on the fix Olansky train. Like, even though I just learned how to say his name like three weeks ago, I. I'm big on him. Like, I think he could be great. He was averaging, I think, over a point a game before he got hurt um, mm-hmm. this last offseason. And like Dina mentioned, like, was absolutely pissed that he didn't make the team. Like, which, you know, I'm not going to lie to you and sit here and tell you that I thought that Trey Fixelanski, like, was everything that the Jackets needed and more last year. But, like, with that being said. I just like that energy. I, I like too. that energy. Yeah, you have to. You have to respect it 100%. Now, so now that he's healed up, we can see some more of it. I hope. God, knock on wood. So, then we move on to our middle of... Uh, I should say his name, even though I don't want to. Because I'll, I will fuck it up. Stanislav Svodsol is another mm-hmm. player that Corey Promen had projected to play NHL games. Draft pick from this year. Yes. Uh, third round? Third round? Um, hold on. Let me check. Yes, he was uh, drafted 69th overall. Nice. <laughs> nice. You're such a dude. <laughs> Anislav Fosel. Cheers. Um, I don't know much about him, really. Like, I, I know he's supposed to be good, and I know he, he will play NHL games, but, um... I just felt like we needed to talk about him for a second. So thank you for letting me do that. Uh, so then we get to our projected middle of the lineup, folks. Again, these are your guys who are second pair defensemen, you know, second, third line forwards. And so we'll start at the bottom. We'll start with a familiar name. Again, somebody who has played very few games with the Blue Jackets, even though it feels like he has played many. And that's Liam Foodie. But I love him so much. I don't know I what to think. Any Canadian face. I don't know what to think of Liam Foodie. Like I really struggle. Like I honestly think like between him and his brother, because he's got a brother who is a um, prospect in the Avalanche organization. Like I hear John Luke, yeah, yeah. I just I, I almost feel better about his brother at this point, like than I do about him. Um, See, I think Liam Foody has so far gotten the short end of the stick when it comes to NHL situations. Oh, I agree with you. Like, I, I think there's just been this expectation that, like, Liam Foody – and I'll, I'll own this. Like, the thing that I hated the most about John Tortorella was it was, like, these players who – like, Liam Foody is not a fourth-line forward. Like, he's not because, like, they're you, – you, like, he's just not. And that's what he got played in. Like, that's the role he got played in as a blue jacket during the John Tortorella era. And so like, I'm interested to see like what he looks like outside of, like you mentioned, like the short end of the stick, but I, I don't know. Like he's somebody to me that like, I don't know how it's going to turn out with him. 
I still have very high hopes that he will live up to his potential. Um, I think, like I said, he was given the short end of the stick in a lot of situations this past season. Um, he spent a decent amount of time on the taxi squad, which we have learned is not always, it was not beneficial for a lot of guys to sit on the taxi squad for, you know, so many games in a row. He did thankfully get sent back down um, to Cleveland so that he could get some ice time and start playing. And he started doing really well. The thing is, and I know that this is, you know, hockey players get younger and younger all the time, but he is still so young and he really has just been bounced back and forth. He came in, you know, sort of right on the precipice of the Blue Jackets doing all of this, you know, stuff in 2019. And then all of a sudden COVID happens. And so things get weird. And, you know, he spent those, like I just said, this past season bouncing back and forth and not getting the consistency that he needs. So to see him consistently in a full 82 game season, going back and forth between the monsters and the blue jackets, that's what he needs. And he needs to be getting solid ice time. Like I said in our Monsters episode, I really get tired of these people who bitch and complain about players getting sent to Cleveland. They get sent to Cleveland because they need to be able to play. And if we can't give them ice time in Columbus, let them play in Cleveland. Like it's them sitting stagnant and sitting on the bench or sitting in the locker room or sitting in the taxi squad, if that's going to be a thing or not this year. Um, with COVID, like it does them no good. Yes, they're practicing with the team, but they're not playing real games. Right. They're not doing in-game things. They're not being physical like they are in an actual game. Like, so he just, I really do think that he just needs a solid season of playing in either situation. And he's really going to come into his own, but I do have a soft spot for him. So you do. And oh, I do too. And like, that's the thing, right? Like, like you mentioned, like him playing or not playing or, or drawing the short end of the stick. He has played 38 regular season games between the Blue Jackets and the Monsters. Like, he's played in 38 games during the regular season with those squads. And he's played in 18, 10 for the Blue Jackets, 8 for um, the Monsters in the playoffs. So he's played 56 games as a pro athlete. Like, like that's not a lot. Like he has not played a lot of games. And so I agree with you. Like, I think I put him in a similar situation with tax where it's like, like just haven't seen a lot. Like, and it might feel like you have, but you haven't. And just because you've heard the name doesn't mean you've seen it. He's seen what he can do. And so I agree with you. A player that like, is intriguing to me is Dmitry Vronkov. Um, you know, he's somebody that has some promise and like he's included in the group of Russians. Like it was Chinnikov, um, you know, Marshenko, which we'll get to, and and Dmitry Vronkov. And the thing about Dmitry Vronkov is that um he's considered to be a poor skater. Like he's considered to be um a little rough, but he had a really good playoffs in the KHL. Um, he had a strong world championships for Russia and he's a big man, like, but he is, he is signed in the KHL until 2023. So this is a play that we're not going to see for a while. 
Um, but Corey Prodman says that he thinks he'll see him as a, quote, hard-nosed second-line winger. You can't be mad about that, but, I mean, it's just hard to get excited for a player when you know for a fact you're not going to see him at least until the 2023-2024 season. Yeah, it's definitely hard to, to look at that and be like, oh, you know, they're, you know, so-and-so is listening as this, so-and-so is talking about him in this way when when you know we're not seeing him, like, for a while. Um, but hopefully he does well and continues to grow and so that when he does come over here, we can get some good, you know, some this same level projection, if not higher up. Um, Cause obviously we never want a player to get worse um, outside of being in, in our direct organization. But um, so yeah, hopefully he can continue to grow and have a healthy season. Um, obviously that's a big component is always wanting a player to stay healthy and injury free, but also healthy in general. Um, Cause we're still, uh, in a pandemic, folks, in case anyone forgot. Yeah, just um, FYI. And, you know, hockey players, athletes in general, are not exempt to this virus. So, I, so the next two players are players that the Blue Jackets need to be better than the projection <laughs> because this offseason has been tough. You've got players like Seth Jones, who, no longer play for the team. Chicago Blackhawks, what's up? Um, actually, not what's up. This is not a Chicago Blackhawks stand podcast. It's actually the opposite. Um, for you've many got reasons. right. Talk you've got you, <laughs> you've got many players who, over the course of the last two seasons, have left. You've got um, you know Ryan Murray. You've got Marcus Nedovara. I mean, like just so much defensive depth has left this team. Michael and. I know Delzato hurts you. It's okay. It'll be all right. But you have all these players who are gone, right? And like you need players to step into these roles. Like what we know for a fact is that Vladislav Gavrikov is a solid, solid second pair defenseman. Like I don't know that he is a first line or first pair defenseman in the NHL. So what you're what you're saying is like either Andrew Peak has to step into that role and Andrew Peak needs to be that person who fills the Seth Jones spot. He's not, I don't think. Like I think he's another middle of the lineup player. Or you need Adam Boquist or Corson Coleman's to be better than this projection. And you need one of those two to develop into your um, you know, top pairing defenseman with Zach Wierenski. Um, a lot of people have that expectation and that hope for Adam Boquist, but I have a question. I have an answer. <laughs> I may be wrong about this. Jake Bean? Question mark? Yeah, he's not... I, similarly, like, I think he's middle of the lineup. Like, I, like he's older than... He's 23, I think. So he's not right. included so in... I know he's not in this list, but... Um... Yeah. I, I, I do, like... I think, like, Jake Bean, he's, he's good. Like, he could be. He could be that, but like I think ultimately, if you're the Blue Jackets, you want either Adam Boquist or Corson Coleman's to be the person that develops into that for your team. Oh, 100%. I just wanted to make sure that in our discussion, we were considering all of the sure, sure options. Um, wait, no, absolutely not. 
you're gonna not talk about Scott Harrington, Miss. We're gonna talk about all of our options, and you're just not gonna talk about fucking Scott Harrington. Are um, you kidding me? Nico Leitman, hello. And Dean Kukin. <laughs> There's a lot of them. There's actually a lot more of them than you think there are, folks. And this is why, like, Michael Delzato doesn't have a contract. Like, there are actually a lot of like bottom pair defensemen on this team. Um, yeah. So, what we're not but gonna no. do is slander Scott Harrington on this podcast. Never. He is the boy who lived. Um, but no, I, I agree with you. We definitely are looking for these two players. I'm more so leaning towards Adam Boquist, um, just because he has NHL experience already playing with the Blackhawks and, you know, he also has like, seems jazzed. I know I'm the more like emotionally like in-depth person when it comes to these people, but like, he definitely seems jazzed about being here and being on the team. So I like that energy. We're going to need that energy. Um, and so I'm rooting for him. I hope that he um, can fill a nice space. But like you said, we have quite a few defensemen who are looking to, you know, I don't know what the word I was looking for, but looking to, you know, weasel their way in. Um, don't know if that'll be our Lord and Savior, Scott Harrington, but it might be. If Scott Harrington's the first pair of defensemen on this team, I will be resigning from my role as producer and co-host, <laughs> subjectively speaking. Um, I think, like, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just totally lost my train of thought. I had I had something. I had something good. Was it I about lost it. Corson or Adam? You know, or it might have been. Of our defensive depth? It could have been. It is highly possible that it was. I can't wait for people to listen to podcast episodes after I get diagnosed with ADHD and I'm medicated versus how I am now. Mm, Okay. I think that's going to be really, really powerful for people. Oh, I totally remember what I was going to say. I'm almost convinced that Connor McDavid could get traded to the Blue Jackets and if he wasn't like smiles all the time and like super happy, you would be like, I, I don't know. Like, I think Liam Foodie's better than than Connor McDavid. I, I hear me out. Okay. First of all, first of all, you almost made me spit my water out from my giant emotional emotional support water bottle. So yes. shame on you for that. <laughs> Second of all, I am not insane. I am not insane. <laughs> Correct. I'm being a smart ass, but. You, you also know that I have a complex about this. All right. Liam Foodie, Patrick Line. Patrick Line. Okay. All right. That actually, I, I thought you might say Liam Foodie. And I, I wouldn't can. have been. I am not insane. <laughs> yes. I like to know things and I like a certain energy from a player. But I just told you that Liam Foodie needs more minutes in Cleveland. Why would I then pick <laughs> him over, even though I don't like him all that much, Patrick Laine, who is a proven NHL all-star. He just happens to not play well in Columbus. Listen, I'm just, we're just putting, spitballing, throwing out Again, things. Again, listeners, I am not insane. I understand Correct. that I am far too emotionally attached to Cam Atkinson. I no, get it. Let's be fair. We are insane. We're both insane. But not when it comes to hockey. 
I try not to be. You know that I have feelings about this. Um, if so only all of you could hear our post-recording conversations where I tell him to delete large portions of things that I said because I feel like I'm going to look stupid. I will say, listeners, you have heard pretty much every minute of recorded audio from Subjectively Speaking because I don't cut anything, like, ever. <laughs> like, never do I ever. Um, but now we're on to our top three prospects from Corey Pronman. Um, and the next, like, tier is projected bubble tops, which, Corey, we're going to have to work on that. Um, the words for that. We're going to try to not use those words again. Um, projected bubble tops slash middle of the lineup players. And in this pairing, you have Cole Sillinger and Kirill Marchenko. Um I'm like high on Kirill Marchenko. Like he's had a solid start to the season in the KHL this year. He's somebody who could come to North America after this season, I believe. Um, he's good. Like he is really good. I might go so far as to say that like he might actually be the best player on this list. And that's not like to try to blow smoke. It's just this guy is productive in a in a league that production is hard to achieve. And I'm excited about Kirill Marchenko. But I'm also excited about Cole Sillinger. Like Cole, like these these three players right here have the potential to be the future of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I am also very excited for Marchenko. Just seeing, like, clips of him from the start of this season, like, he's just, kid's got some fire, and he's going to go places, and we're lucky to have him in our mm -hmm. pipeline. Um, equally so, we've talked about Cole Sillinger before on the show. Like, this kid... And again, the emotional ties. His dad was a blue jacket. It just, there's feelings there. But he's also a skilled player and a really great draft pick. I mean, yes, obviously, and we're going to talk about him in a second. Kent Johnson, our first draft pick of this past season. Big, big deal for us. But so many other people are talking about us getting Cole Sillinger and saying that this is one of the better picks that we could have made um for our pipeline and i'm just i'm excited to see i'm excited to see what he does in camp um if he doesn't um make it onto the rosters this this year i'm excited to see what he does um at school um and yeah he's he's gonna be a solid addition um to our organization for sure yeah and i mean i this is somebody who could hold down the middle and be a really important part of the center depth on this organization for the considerable future. Like this is a player who is coming in with a little bit of like understanding of what blue jackets hockey is like. I think that that is, that cannot be overstated. Like, I think that that's really important, especially when you consider all the flack that this organization has gotten in the last five years for not being able to like hold on to people or not being like a big market team. I think I think before it's all said and done, and this is like no disrespect to Adam Boquist, like people are going to look at that Seth Jones trade and they're going to look at Cole Sillinger and they're going to be like, this is why the Blue Jackets won this trade. The Blue Jackets won this trade because 
they were able to get that number 12 pick. They were able to take Cole Sillinger and the rest is history. And on top of that, Adam Bookwist. And on top of that, Jake Bean. And on top of that, a first-round pick that we don't even know what it's going to be next year, although given the fact that Chicago all of a sudden thinks that it has business being a top-tier team, like, thinks they're going to, you know, compete next year. Like, that draft pick might be, like, middle, middle first, like, late first. But, oh, well. Like, that's still, like, you could get another player like Corson Coolman's, like we did with the 25th overall. But, like, it's just, like – that trade is still like mind boggling to me. And as we process it a couple of months later, I'm like, damn. Big W. Yeah. Big W for us for sure. And I think we're gonna just continue to see that as the years go on. And um yeah. Yeah. Well, take that W and flip it upside down. To an M. To an M. Put the M on your chest. Ken Johnson. Michigan. Yes, go blue. I don't mean it. I don't mean it, guys. Don't don't stop listening. Um I not only is Ken Johnson important to this franchise for obvious reasons, he's somebody who could be our number one center moving forward. Um, and if he doesn't develop into a center, like he's gonna be a, a top line winger. I not to be dramatic, think that this draft pick is a big part of the reason why Zach Wierenski signed an extension to stay in Columbus. I'm serious. I'm se- like I really no, think when I... you hear when you hear Zach Wierenski talk about like the offseason moves that the Blue Jackets are making, like all this kind of stuff, like I really think that that is one that is like, oh. No, I I definitely agree with you. I mean, Zach probably more than any anyone player wise on the Blue Jackets is familiar with these players that are coming up through Michigan's program. I don't like the face that you just made. Oh, I made this. Drink. I made this drink way too strong. Oh, okay, um, but no, Zach. I mean, Zach when he's home in Detroit, like he is around these guys. He's familiar. He's still familiar with. What is happening? The drink's bad. I can't finish it. Okay, but you keep doing that when I'm making points and like... No, pop pop off. Pop off. Okay, okay. Sorry, listeners. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Oh, don't do that. (laughs) I'm gonna go. Please put yourself back on the screen. I'm back. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, Zach is very familiar with this Michigan pipeline of players coming up through that organization. And so because he himself came up through that organization, he knows the quality of players that can be produced there. And I think that he feels confident signing a seven year deal with us because he's going to continue to work with these players that are of this, of the same ilk and quality that he is. Um, And I think that that was a huge comfort to him, especially knowing it's going to suck for a couple of years. But by the time those couple of years are through, a lot of these guys that are coming up through Michigan that we're getting are going to be ready to play and going to be ready to play hardcore and well. And just like Zach said, he wants to do everything he can to bring the cup to Columbus. So... Yeah, I think you're completely correct in saying that he does feel more confident after this pick of Kent Johnson. Um, And I I think a lot of us do, too. Like, this was a big deal for us. Um, 
And I'm excited. I'm excited. Again, as I've said 16 times in this episode today, I'm excited to see what he does in camp. And I'm excited to see what happens at Taver City. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I don't think he's going to be it either because of the NCAA's rules about like COVID oh. and things. So we might have to wait a minute to see camp. But I will say, subjectively speaking, I listeners- thought he was at least coming to camp, but. That could be wrong. No, it's because, like, if they come to camp and, like, come into contact and then, like, go back, like, it's just, like, I think they're trying to, like, keep everything. So I don't think the NCAA guys can, like, across the board. Like, I don't think it's a Michigan thing. I think it's, like, all the NCAA guys. So, like, Corson Coleman's won't be either because he's a Wisconsin guy. I, Blue Jackets fans, we are going to the Ohio State-Michigan game this year. Like, we are going. Like, we are, we're doing it because I want to see Ken Johnson. <laughs> I want, and we'll go see Wisconsin too, so we can see Corson. But um, no, I, I just like the kids are okay. Like, do you know what I mean, yeah. like, it, it's going to be okay. Um, you know, this development that we're seeing take place of a prospect pool that's really strong again, like this, this prospect pool, according to Corey Pronman, jumps from 19 to 13 this year. And Unless a miracle happens, like you're going to have a higher first round pick next year. You're going to have a second first round pick in the Chicago pick. You're going to have potentially, like if you do trade Max Domi, you're going to have another, if not a first round pick, a second round pick, like, and maybe some prospects. Like this team is going to develop prospects and they're going to stockpile prospects. Like it's their day job. And I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited to watch that happen. And so the kids are okay. And you know what? Some of the guys who are here, um, just wanted to touch on it real quick. We know we've been holding up, holding you hostage for about 50 minutes now-ish. But just wanted to touch base on the fact that Elvis Merzlikin says he's going to win a fucking Vesna for Matisse Kivlinix. That article, I have to say, people... People spend a lot of time like critiquing the way that Aaron Portsline reports and and all this kind of stuff, and that's fair. Like, he, I know that he is not everybody's favorite, and that's fine. But if you are a Blue Jackets fan, if you're a hockey fan, if you're a human, read that article. That article is incredible. <laughs> the insight that you get to Elvis, like his candor. Like we talk so much about how boring hockey players are. Elvis Merzlikens is not boring. <laughs> He's the furthest thing from boring. And I just, that interview is worth every dollar I've ever p- paid to the athletic to read their content. Like just that one, that one is enough. Go read it. Yeah. Go read it. I, when I tweeted it from our Twitter account, um, if you read nothing else, for the next few weeks about hockey, read this article um, in this interview with Elvis. Aaron Portsline, I could not have asked for anyone to to approach the last three months that Elvis has had more respectfully than Aaron Portsline did. And giving Elvis the opportunity to truly speak on what it has been like for him to go through everything that he's gone through in, you know, in the ending of the season that we had in the losing of Matisse Kivlenix in that tragic, tragic accident to then becoming a first time dad um, in the midst of, you know, all of this chaos around the world, um, the immense changes within the, the Blue Jackets itself 
Um, it is just an incredibly, incredibly well-written article and well-in-depth interview. And Elvis continues to just be this shining light in our organization. And I can't wait to see what this year brings for him. And like he said, he can make no promises because he knows the situation that the team is in and he knows what things are going to look like, but he's going to do his damnedest to bring that trophy home for, for Kivy. And that alone was just, it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And yeah, definitely go and read that article. Yes. I could not agree with you more friend. So that about does it for this one, Laura. What else have you got on your radar? I just have one thing, and you might be upset with me for bringing it up again. But uh, since you were so kind and let me hear it before you put it in the episode, <laughs> um, because you know I'm an emotional roller coaster, as expressed in this episode, um, I just do want to say a quick thing. Um, as you heard in the beginning of the show, we are releasing this episode um, on September 9th, which is jeremy's mom's birthday um and (laughs) we lost belinda last march um she was an incredible incredible woman um i can't even touch even a a millionth to how much of an impact she had um she gave me my best friend and we miss her we miss her dearly um And so we hope that um, all of you enjoyed the special, um, the special little intro with Belinda. She would have loved every single minute of us doing this podcast. She would have been such a fan. She would have been ridiculous. (laughs) Sporting sporting our merch everywhere. Um, Oh my God. She just would have been so into it. And, you know, we feel her around us every day. We feel her, especially when we're, together and at games and talking about hockey and um you know doing the things that she loved um so i hope all of you enjoyed that little intro and you know just just do something nice for someone because that's what belinda did all the time oh yeah and she would never admit it but she did like blue jackets hockey she would never admit it i had to drag her to games but she would go and the most memorable game was when the Blue Jackets were on their their winning streak, like, oh, God, I don't even know what year it was. It would have been 2016 and the 17. Yeah. yeah. Um, we went to uh, the game that tied, or that, like, not tied. It was the last game they won on the streak. It was the 16th game that they won um, before me and Kelly decided that we were dumb and we were going to travel to Washington to <laughs> watch them get beat five to nothing. That went well. Um, but yeah, it was so much fun. I couldn't tell you. I have this picture hanging up from us at somewhere. I don't even know where we were. Oh, this was the game that Edmonton beat us seven to two. That was really good. I had a lot of fun. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. It is wild, and she would be obsessed with this podcast. So thank you for those words, because they mean more to me than you will literally ever know. Um, But 
we've got the emotion out of the way. So now we got to do like the <laughs> other, the other words that you say at the end of every one of our podcasts, yeah, which are super important words. Like follow us on social <laughs> media. Um, <laughs> we're on Twitter and Instagram at subjectively pod. Um, killing it on Twitter as per usual. We're actually doing pretty well on Instagram too. I mean, better than I ever anticipated. So, um, I love that. And you can also follow us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. Um, we are getting better at remembering to post on that. Sometimes we forget and then episodes don't get posted on Facebook until like two days after they came out. But hey, Precisely. we're getting there. Um, and yeah, you can check out if you want to support us. You can check out our merch site and get yourself some merch for the upcoming season. We're also going to be coming out with a brand new design here very soon that I think a lot of people will be very excited about. I know that Jeremy and I are super excited about it, but that is subjectively speaking.threadless.com. So much cool stuff, especially if you're looking for things to wear to the arena, some great crew necks, long sleeve t-shirts, all that sort of fun stuff. You can check it out there. And yeah. Oh, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on. Again, we don't know why they matter, but they do. So please go down if you're on Apple Podcasts, hit that five or four star rating, whatever you're feeling. Um, let us know what you think. And yeah, 61 episodes. We just mapped out um, most of this upcoming season and uh realizing when we were going to hit episode 100 was kind of surreal so horrifying yeah so we're just you know always so grateful uh to have this opportunity and to have anyone listen to the two of us um but we love doing it and we love all of you we do and like laura said spend this week do a random act of kindness for my mom she would love it make make people smile and until we get the chance to chat with y'all next time take care and we'll see you soon